0: Chapter twenty three. of A Girl at the Limberlost by Jean Stratton Porter. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter twenty three. Wherein Elnora reaches a decision and Freckles and the Angel appear. Well, she came, didn't she? remarked mrs Comstock to Elnora as they watched the automobile speed down the road. As it turned the Limberlost corner, Ammon arose and waved to them. She hasn't got him yet, anyway, said mrs Comstock, taking heart. "'What's that on your finger, and what did she say to you?' Elinor explained about the ring as she drew it off. "'I have several letters to write, then I'm going to change my dress and walk down toward Aunt Margaret's for a little exercise. "'I may meet some of them, and I don't want them to see this ring. "'You keep it until Philip comes,' said Elinor. "'As for what Miss Carr said to me, many things. two of importance.' One, that I lacked every social requirement necessary for the happiness of Philip Ammon, and that if I married him I would see inside a month that he was ashamed of me. Aw, oh, shocking! scorned Mrs. Comstock. Go on! The other was that she has been engaged to him for years, that he belongs to her, and she refuses to give him up. She said that if he were in her presence one hour she would have him under a mysterious thing she calls her spell again if he were where she could see him for one week everything would be made up it is her opinion that he is suffering from wounded pride and that the slightest concession on her part will bring him to his knees before her mrs comstock giggled i do hope the boy isn't weak-kneed she said i just happened to be passing the west window this afternoon elnora laughed nothing save actual knowledge ever would have made me believe there was a girl in all this world so infatuated with herself she speaks casually of her power over men and boasts of bringing a man to his knees as complacently as i would pick up a net and say i am going to take a butterfly she actually and honestly believes that if philip were with her a little while she could rekindle his love for her and awaken in him every particle of the old devotion mother the girl is honest she is absolutely sincere she so believes in herself and the strength of Phil's love for her that all her life she will believe in and brood over that thought, unless she is taught differently. So long as she thinks that she will nurse wrong ideas and pine over her blighted life, she must be taught that Phil is absolutely free, and yet he will not go to her. But how on earth are you proposing to teach her that? The way will open. Looky here, Elnora, cried Mrs. Comstock. That car girl's the handsomest dark woman I ever saw. She's got to the place where she won't stop at anything. Her coming here proves that. I don't believe there was a thing the matter with that automobile. I think that was a scheme she fixed up to get Phil where she could see him, alone as she worked to see you. If you are going deliberately to put Philip under her influence again, you've got to brace yourself for the possibility that she may win. A man is a weak mortal, where a lovely woman is concerned, and he would never denied that he loved her once. You may make yourself downright miserable.' but mother if she won it wouldn't make me half so miserable as to marry phil myself and then read hunger for her in his eyes some one has got to suffer over this if it proves to be me i'll bear it and you'll never hear a whisper of complaint from me i know the real philip and better in our months of work in the fields and she knows him in all her years of society engagements so she shall have the hour she asked many many of them enough to make her acknowledge that she is wrong "'Now I'm going to write my letters and take my walk.' Elnora threw her arms around her mother and kissed her repeatedly. "'Don't you worry about me,' she said. "'I will get along all right, and whatever happens, "'I always will be your girl and you my darling mother.' She left two sealed notes on her desk. Then she changed her dress, packed a small bundle, which she dropped with her hat from the window by the willow, and softly went downstairs. Mrs. Comstock was in the garden elnora picked up the hat and bundle hurried down the road a few rods then climbed the fence and entered the woods she took a diagonal course and after a long walk reached a road two miles west and one south there she straightened her clothing put on her hat and the thin dark veil and waited the passing of the next trolley she left at the first town and took a train for fort wayne she made that point just in time to climb on the evening train north as it pulled from the station It was after midnight when she left the cart Grand Rapids and went to the depot to await the coming of day. Tired out, she laid her head on her bundle and fell asleep on the seat in the women's waiting room. Long after light, she was awakened by the roar and rattle of trains. She washed, rearranged her hair and clothing, and went into the general waiting room to find her way to the street. She saw him as he entered the door. There was no mistaking the tall, lithe figure, the bright hair, the lean, brown, splotched face, the steady gray eyes. He was dressed for traveling and carried a light overcoat and a bag. Straight to him, Nora went speeding. "'Oh, I was just starting to find you!' she cried. "'Thank you,' he said. "'You are going away,' she panted. "'Not if I'm needin'. I have a few minutes. Can you be telling me briefly?' "'I am the limberlost girl to whom your wife gave the dress for commencement last spring, and both of you sent lovely gifts.' "'There is a reason, a very good reason, why I must be hidden for a time, "'and I came straight to you, as if I had a right.' "'You have,' answered Freckles. "'Any boy or girl who ever suffered one pain in the Limberlost "'has a claim to the best drop of blood in my heart. "'You needn't be telling me anything more. "'The angel's at our cottage on Mackinac. "'You shall tell her and play with the babies while you want shelter. "'This way.' "'They breakfasted in a luxurious car, talked over the swamp, "'the work of the bird-woman.' elnora told of her nature lectures in the schools and soon they were great friends in the evening they left the train at mackinaw city and crossed the straits by boat sheets of white moonlight flooded the water and paved a molten path across the breast of it straight to the face of the moon the island lay a dark spot on the silver surface its tall trees sharply outlined on the summit and a million lights blinked around the shore the night-guns boomed from the white fort, and a dark sentinel paced the ramparts above the little city, tucked down close to the water. A great tenor, summering in the north, came out on the upper deck of the big boat, and, bearing his head, faced the moon and sang, "'Oh, the moon shines bright on my old Kentucky home!' Elnora thought of the limberlost of Philip and her mother and almost choked with the sobs that would rise in her throat. On the dock a woman of exquisite beauty swept into the arms of Terence O'More oh freckles she cried you've been gone a month four days angel just four days by the clock remonstrated freckles where are the children asleep thank goodness i'm worn to a thread i never saw such inventive active children i can't keep track of them i've brought you help said freckles here's the limberlost girl in whom the bird woman is interested miss comstock needs a rest before beginning her school work for next year so she came to us you dear thing how good of you cried the angel we shall be so happy to have you in her room that night in a beautiful cottage furnished with every luxury Nora lifted a tired face to the angel of course you understand there is something back of this she said i must tell you yes agreed the angel tell me if you get it out of your system you will stand a better chance of sleeping Nora stood brushing the copper-bright masses of her hair as she talked When she finished, the angel was almost hysterical. "'You insane creature!' she cried. "'How crazy of you to turn him over to her! "'I know both of them. "'I've met them often. "'She may be able to make good her boast. "'But it is perfectly splendid of you. "'And, after all, really, it is the only way. "'I can see that. "'I think it is what I should have done myself, "'or tried to do. "'I don't know that I could have done it. "'When I think of walking off and leaving Freckles "'with a woman he once loved,' to let her see if she can make him love her again. Oh, it gives me a graveyard heart! No, I never could have done it. You are bigger than I ever was. I should have turned coward, sure. I am a coward," admitted Elnor. I am soul-sick. I'm afraid I shall lose my senses before this is over. I didn't want to come. I wanted to stay, to go straight into his arms, to bind myself with his ring, to love him with all my heart. It wasn't my fault that I came. There was something inside that just pushed me. She is beautiful. I quite agree with you. You can imagine how fascinating she can be. She used no arts on me. Her purpose was to cower me. She found she could not do that, but she did a thing which helped her more. She proved that she was honest, perfectly sincere in what she thought. She believes that if she merely beckons to Philip, he will go to her. So I'm giving her the opportunity to learn from him what he will do. "'She never will believe it from anyone else. "'When she is satisfied, I shall be also. "'But, child, suppose she wins him back. "'That is the supposition with which I shall eat and sleep for the next few weeks. "'Would one dare ask for a peep at the babies before going to bed?' "'Now you are perfect,' announced the angel. "'I should never have liked you all I can if you had been content to go to sleep in this house without asking to see the babies. "'Come this way.' "'We named the first boy for his father, of course, and the girl for Aunt Alice. "'The next boy is named for my father and the baby for the bird-woman. "'After this we are going to branch out!' Elnora began to laugh. "'Oh, I suspect there will be quite a number of them,' said the angel serenely. "'I am told the more there are, the less trouble they make. "'The big ones take care of the little ones. "'We want a large family. This is our start.' "'She entered a dark room and held aloft a candle.' she went to the side of a small white iron bed in which lay a boy of eight and another of three they were perfectly formed rosy children the elder a replica of his mother the other very like then they came to a cradle where a baby girl of almost two slept soundly and looked a picture but just see here said the angel she threw the light on the sleeping girl of six a mass of red curls swept the pillow line and feature the face was that of freckles Without asking, Elnora knew the color and expression of the closed eyes. The angel handed Elnora the candle, and, stooping, straight in the child's body, she ran her fingers through the bright curls and lightly touched her aristocratic little nose. The supply of freckles holds out in my family, you see, she said. Both of the girls will have them, and the second boy a few. She stood an instant longer, then, bending, ran her hand caressingly down a rosy bare leg while she kissed the boyish red mouth there had been some reason for touching all of them the kiss fell on the lips which were like freckles to elnora she said a tender good-night whispering brave words of encouragement and making plans to fill the days to come then she went away an hour later there was a light tap on the girl's door come she called as she lay staring into the dark the angel felt her way to the bedside sat down and took elnora's hands i just had to come back to you she said "'I've been telling Freckles, and he is almost hurting himself with laughing. "'I didn't think it was funny, but he does. "'He thinks it's the funniest thing that ever happened. "'He says that to run away from Mr. Ammon, "'when you have made him no promise at all, when he wasn't sure of you, "'won't send him home to her. "'It will set him hunting you. "'He says if you had combined the wisdom of Solomon, Socrates, "'and all the rest of the wise men, "'you could have chosen any course that would have sealed him to you so surely.' He feels that now Ammon will perfectly hate her for coming down there and driving you away. And you went to give her the chance she wanted. Oh, Elnora, it is getting funny. I see it, too. The angel rocked on the bedside. Elnora faced the darkened silence. Forgive me, gulped the angel. I didn't mean to laugh. I didn't think it was funny until all at once it came to me. Oh, dear, Elnora, it is funny. I've got to laugh. Maybe it is, admitted Elnora, to others but it isn't very funny to me and it won't be to philip or to mother that was very true mrs comstock had been slightly prepared for stringent action of some kind by what elnora had said the mother instantly had guessed where the girl would go but nothing was said to philip that would have been to invalidate elnora's test in the beginning and mrs comstock knew her child well enough to know that she never would marry ammon unless she felt it right that she should the only way to know was to find out and elnora had gone to seek the information there was nothing to do but wait until she came back and her mother was not in the least uneasy but that the girl would return brave and self-reliant as always philip ammon hurried back to the Limberlost, strong in the hope that now he might take elnora into his arms and receive her promise to become his wife his first shock of disappointment came when he found her gone in talking with mrs comstock he learned that edith carr had made an opportunity to speak with elnora alone he hastened down the road to meet her coming back an agitated man then search revealed the notes his read dear philip i find that i am never going to be able to answer your question of this afternoon fairly to all of us when you are with me so i am going away a few weeks to think over matters alone I shall not tell you, or even mother, where I am going, but I shall be safe, well cared for, and happy. Please go back home and live among your friends, just as you always have done. In honour before the 1st of September, I will write you where I am and what I have decided. Please do not blame Edith Carr for this, and do not avoid her. I hope you will call on her and be friends. I think she is very sorry and covets your friendship at least. Until September, then, as ever. Nora. Mrs. Comstock's note was much the same. Ammon was ill with disappointment. In the arbor he laid his head on the table, among the implements of Elnora's loved work, and gulped down dry sobs he could not restrain. Mrs. Comstock never had liked him so well. Her hand involuntarily crept toward his dark head. Then she drew back. Elnora would not want her to do anything whatever to influence him. "'What am I going to do to convince Edith Carr that I do not love her, and Elnora that I am hers?' he demanded. "'I guess you have to figure that out yourself,' said Mrs. Comstock. "'I'd be glad to help you if I could, but it seems to be up to you,' Eamon sat a long time in silence. "'Well, I have decided,' he said abruptly. "'Are you perfectly sure Elnora had plenty of money and a safe place to go?' absolutely answered mrs comstock she has been taking care of herself ever since she was born and she always has come out all right so far i'll stake all i'm worth on it that she always will i don't know where she is but i'm not going to worry about her safety i can't help worrying cried philip i can think of fifty things that may happen to her when she thinks she is safe this is distracting first i'm going to run up to see my father then i'll let you know what we have decided is there anything i can do for you nothing said mrs comstock but the desire to do something for him was so strong with her she scarcely could keep her lips closed or her hands quiet she longed to tell him what edith carr had said how it had affected elnora and to comfort him as she felt she could but loyalty to the girl held her if elnora truly felt that she could not decide until edith carr was convinced then edith carr would have to yield or triumph it rested with philip so mrs comstock kept silent while philip took the night limited a bitterly disappointed man by noon the next day he was in his father's offices they had a long conference but did not arrive at much until the elder ammon suggested sending for polly anything that might have happened could be explained after polly had told of the private conference between edith and elnora "'Talk about lovely woman!' cried Philip Ammon bitterly. "'One would think that after such a dose as Edith gave me, "'she would be satisfied to let me go my way. "'But no, not caring for me enough herself to save me from public disgrace. "'She must now pursue me to keep any other woman from loving me. "'I call that too much. "'I'm going to see her, and I want you to go with me, father.' "'Very well,' said Mr. Ammon. "'I will go.' when edith carr came into her reception-room that afternoon gowned for conquest she expected only philip and him penitent she came hurrying toward him smiling radiant ready to use every allurement she possessed and paused in dismay when she saw his cold face and his father why phil she cried when did you come home i am not at home answered philip i merely ran up to see my father on business and to inquire of you "'what it was you said to Miss Comstock yesterday "'that caused her to disappear "'before I could get back to the limberlost.' "'Miss Comstock disappear, impossible!' "'cried Edith Carr. "'Where could she go?' "'I thought perhaps you could answer that, "'since it was through you that she went.' "'Phil, I haven't the faintest idea where she is,' "'said the girl gently. "'But you know perfectly why she went. "'Kindly tell me that.' "'Let me see you alone and I will. "'Here and now or not at all.' Phil, what did you say to the girl i love then edith carr stretched out her arms phil i am the girl you love she cried all your life you have loved me surely it cannot be all gone in a few weeks of misunderstanding i was jealous of her i did not want you to leave me an instant that night for any other girl living that was the moth i was representing everyone knew it i wanted you to bring it to me when you did not i knew instantly it had been for her that you worked last summer she who suggested my dress she who had power to take you from me when i wanted you most the thought drove me mad and i said and did those insane things phil i beg your pardon i ask your forgiveness yesterday she said that you had told her of me at once she vowed both of you had been true to me and phil i couldn't look into her eyes and not see that was the truth oh phil if you understood how i have suffered you would forgive me well i never knew how much i cared for you i will do anything anything then tell me what you said to elnora yesterday that drove her alone and friendless into the night heaven knows where you have no thought for anyone save her yes said ammon i have because i once loved you and believed in you my heart ached for you i will gladly forgive anything you ask i will do anything you want save resume our old relations that is impossible it is hopeless and useless to ask it. You truly mean that? Yes. Then find out from her what I said. Come, Father, Sivalent rising. You were going to show Edith Miss Comstock's letter, suggested Mr. Ammon. I have not the slightest interest in Miss Comstock's letter, said Edith Carr. You are not even interested in the fact that she says you are not responsible for her going and that I am to call on you and be friends with you? that is interesting indeed sneered miss carr she took the letter read and returned it she has done what she could for my cause it seems she said coldly how very generous of her do you propose calling out pinkertons and instituting a general search no replied ammon i simply propose to go back to the limberlost and live with her mother until elnora becomes convinced that i am not courting you and never will be then perhaps she will come home to us good-bye Good luck to you always end of chapter 23